Hello and welcome to the Cat Master Chronicles. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from cat owners about well-being. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, the founder of Chatty Cats Care, a professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with cat owners about their individual journeys. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. This episode is brought to you by Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Hello and welcome to the Cat Master Chronicles podcast episode 25. This week we have an exciting guest joining us. He is a professional champion boxer, author, dog owner and beyond Ashley Fearfame. Ashley and I go back as far as 10 years ago when we met at a modelling gig. We supported each other's work throughout the years and I've always believed in Ashley and all that he does. Ashley is also a published author and his book Raised by the Hood has been recently released. So we'll be talking all about that in this episode. He's also a proud dog parent to a sweet Yorkshire Terrier called Zara and I can't wait to hear a bit more about her too. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Ashley. I'm so thankful that you've taken your time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to me today. I'm sure lots of people know who you are, but just in case our listeners are unfamiliar, could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself, please? Okay, uh, hi, I'm Ashley Fearfane. Um, I've been a professional um, boxer for like 17 years. I've fought and won in 12 countries. I've been British champion. I was with Floyd Mayweather for five years. I was in, I used to, like, I was based in the USA for 12 years. And um, then the last two years of my career, I went on a two-year like world tour. I fought and won in nine countries during that time. So um, I've done a lot. As as you said, I released the book this year and I'm, I'm doing works now to have my own gym. So that's kind, kind of what I've done. Yeah, and that's a lot as well. So that's something to definitely be proud of. Like I've seen you from the beginning, you know, yeah. when you first started up until now. So yeah. it's really impressive. Um, and I'm really impressed by everything you've kind of like achieved and what you've been doing so far. So well done. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I've always admired you in many ways, uh, mostly your drive, ambition and motivation to achieve and never give up. It's clear that you had such an impressive career in the span of over 17 years. What has been some of the best parts for you? Um, I like I would say a lot of times in my career, like I've done some great things. Like I was very proud to beat the world number three, to be British champion. Um, to join Floyd Mayweather's team, so um, to fight for the world belt. So there's many things that I've been proud of, but also I've always been proud of when I did take a loss or I was going through a downtime, I never gave up. I always thought, like, how do I come back? And I think in these kind of times, like, say this year for many has been a very bad year. And um, but I think it's times like this is when you have to think, like, what can I do next? to kind of raise my game or to step out from just kind of being complacent because this has been a a, hard, a year where it's easy to be just stay where we are and 
I think like this is a year that many folks will step out because they've had to use their brain and think, how do I bounce out of this kind of standstill year? So um, I think that's how I kind of look, look at my um, career is that I didn't accept the cards that I was dealt. I always wanted more and I always wanted to achieve more. Absolutely. I agree with that on so many levels. And I think a lot of people are in that situation as well, where they're kind of some people's livelihoods have had to kind of come to a stop and they've had to think, okay, so what else can I do? What's the next best thing? What can I do to add on to what I'm already doing? And I think that's a really good example, actually, um, of kind of what you just said. So, yeah, leading on from that I guess for maybe any younger listeners who are listening to this who look up to you and want to follow in your footsteps what kind of advice would you give to them right now um what I would say um in whatever you're trying to do in your life um try to get advice from people that have been there because that's the kind of best way to go because you're not blind, you know what I'm saying? Because if, tr- if we have a goal of what of where next we want to go, a lot of times we don't really know the path where we have to take. And um, so sometimes I think um, is to reach out to folks that have achieved what you want to achieve and um, just try to get some advice like from, from them. There might be some of them who say that they want to take you on under their wing and try to help you more. So um, one, if you can't, if you can't get help or find help, you have to do it alone and just, you know, it's, it's try and fail, try and fail. And then you learn of your own like mistakes. But um, one thing I'll say is to don't give, give up because nothing in life, success is never straight up. You know, you have to go down and up, down and up. So um, that's what I would say to don't quit. Try your best to give your all. Yeah, that's another good piece of advice, Ashley. And I like what you said about the failure part, because I think there's this kind of like negative connotation that comes with the word failure. And people think that it that's it, like you failed and you're not going to try again and it's not meant to be. But failure for me is achievement, personally. Like I feel like once you fail, you're like, OK, so I know what I did. What can I do now? You know, what can I how, what can I do to make this better? So failure is definitely the way forward. And I think if you fail, then you know you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah. You can learn off of it because you just know that that way it did not work. I'm going to try it next week. So, you know what I mean? You can have plan A to plan Z, you know what I mean? So you've got loads of time to try and fail, try and fail. And then you just know what works and what won't work. Exactly. And I'm sure it was kind of the same for you, really. Yeah, because I, I basically started out in the UK, um, you know, I gave my best here, but um, I took a trip out to New York because I always wanted to go to the USA, and I went there in 2005 for a month trip, and when I went there, like, they showed me so much love, like, and they made me, I thought I was good, but then when I went there, like, they, all, they thought I was better than what I thought I was, so they helped me to believe. So um, I kept going back because if if you're around a place that shows you so much love, you want to be around it so much more. Because when I would go over there, it would be great. Then I would come back here, and then there would be like no kind of love. Like it would be like the opposite. So um, and then I went to um, to join Floyd's team, and it was the same day. Like 
all of the guys in Floyd's team and around there, they thought I was very good and they thought that I could do some great things. So you absorb the energy. So if you're around that energy, then you start to believe in, you start to believe, you believe in what they are saying. So um, I think in, in whatever you are trying to do, you have to be around the energy that makes you feel great. If you're around some energy that doesn't make you feel good, don't be around. Yeah, agreed. It's a shame that 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 same energy isn't really reciprocated sometimes in the UK. I feel like in America, like if you say that, you know, you've started a business and you're doing this and that, they're like, wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. But here you're like, okay, where are the people that are supposed to be supporting me? Where are my friends? Like, (laughs) where's the motivation and support? To say, to say that I've released my book and, like, I would say all of my friends, the majority of folks who I know in the USA have bought my book, like, from over here. So, mm-hmm. like, that has been great. And they've paid extra because they've wanted to sign one. So, so like, they've all supported me. So that's been great to see. So, um, yeah, I think it's just, like, the UK kind of thing. And that's why you see a lot of Brits that don't get the love over here they go over to the USA and then they blow up. Mm. So there's something about here, if your face don't fit, fit, or if you don't kiss the right ass, then mm. you don't get a chance. But it's like over there, it's like they want you to suck, succeed. They want to give you a chance. They'll give you a chance over there. If you fail or not, it's up to you, but they'll give you a chance. But over here, a lot of times that I find you don't even get the chance. Yeah, it's a shame that it has to be like that, to be honest, because I think that obviously, you know, the odd few people who will kind of be there and supportive. But I guess it's the people who are the higher ups that need to be doing more of the supporting, especially from um, the grassroots. So your book Raised by the Hoods has recently been published. Congratulations, by the way. Another great achievement to add to your books. Um, If your listeners... Have, or if our listeners, should I say, haven't heard of your book or read it yet, can you give us a little synopsis of what it's about? All right. So basically, when I was a teenager, um, you know, I was like teenagers around now. I was, you know, um, doing stuff I should not have been um, doing. And then I went to jail for six, six months. I came out of jail and then I was like, I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to give my all to the sport. And then um, that's basically what I did. So then you have the first part of the book as me. I'm chatting about being a kid, um, going jail, doing crime. And then you got the other half of the book where it talks about me trying to fulfill my dreams and stuff. So that's kind of how it like. And again, again, I've done this book on my own. So there might be some like things wrong with it like not you know what i mean if like the spelling and stuff like not a lot but the odd one because i've done it on my own i didn't have no help again so then i just went out there and i did it but one thing i would like to say i've kind of been surprised at how good it's been doing because i just looked from it's been out now for four months and it's been doing sales like every week throughout the wow. last I just looked at my thing because I haven't, that's, that's what I'm saying. I haven't even been promoting it the last, like I was going to do a post like this week, but I haven't even done a post in like two months or something. But it's been doing sales like for the last four months, it's been doing sales like every week. So, um, so it's good for me. I had, I had um, a goal of what I wanted to do and it's kind of, it's done better than that. So 
and I didn't have no help. So hence, as I know we'll probably get onto it, but my mentor who I worked with for many years, like he said, I think it was like last week or two that he wanted to help me with the book to get it to, you know, the best it can be and stuff. Mm. So it's just great to see, again, as I said earlier on, sometimes you have to do things on your own if you don't have the help or support around you. And then people, when they see that you're doing it like on your own and with no help, they will come to your help. You know what I mean? They will say, you know what? I see what you're doing. I want to help you to make it even better. So um, so that's like where we are. But yeah, the book's done great. And I guess even I got some friends who just said they, they kind of like that it's from me because mm. it's like real. Like it hasn't been like goals. Like it's not from some other person, some professional. It's written from my brain, from mm-hmm. my hands you know what I mean so um and it's you know what I mean so it's so it's so it's good so it's yeah, from 100%. the heart exactly and it's from you and you don't need to apologize about the spelling mistakes actually like I've yeah. literally read like some other books who are like from some top you know published authors and I've like everyone has a few spelling mistakes here and there but at the end of the day like you said it's coming from you which makes it even more special and I think that it gives like an extra value to it you respect it more because it's your tone as well and you can really tell when something hasn't been written from the person because it's a completely different tone of voice um yeah that's really obvious in the writing when you read something that's you know been uh published or written by a ghostwriter it's not the same so you know you've done all of this by yourself and that's a massive um achievement anyway so um the foreword of your book includes an amazing appraisal given by the one and only Floyd Mayweather himself when you read what he wrote how does that make you feel do you think the younger you would have ever imagined this yeah, like sometimes when I look back at everything I've I have achieved, it's like, you know, what I mean, I can't believe it because when I was a kid, I would never think that I would go on to do what I've done now. Like, so um, to to be part of you know one of the best ever, um, and to him, you know, if Floyd talks about me, he always says like good words, like in front of me, behind my back, like he 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 always says good things. So um, hence why. You know, I mean, I had a five-year relationship to work with him and stuff, and he always treated me like a friend, like fam. So whenever I see him, like he's always cool with me now. So um, he helped. It's again, he helped to change my life. He didn't have to, but he saw that I was doing my thing on my own, and he said, "You know what? I see what you're doing. I want to help you. You know what I mean? I'm gonna give you the fights. Then it's up to you to go out there and win it. Win it. So." Because of him, I got I got to fight on three of his shows. I got to fight the MGM three times. I headlined in like in in America like a few times as well. So um, so yeah, so it's been great. No, definitely, and um, to have that sort of appraisal as well just speaks volumes to everything you have achieved. So yeah, whilst reading the book, I felt a sense of connection. I'm sure this is probably quite common. Um, a common feeling growing up working class in London in the 90s there was such a lack of opportunity for people like us we're continuously failed by the government the education system and so on do you think that those experiences gave you the drive to keep pushing and why yeah I would say it gave me the drive because you know I mean you're raised in an area like where you want more for yourself you might see 
you might be surrounded by the community and you see like the lack of hope. You see, we don't get a lot of short shots at life and no one expects much of us. So um, it's hard, like coming from that background, it's very hard, but saying that, I know so many who have come out of there and done great. I know lawyers and everything. So um, it's hard. And again, it's all about your mindset. If you accept the circumstances, what you're born around, or if you want more for, your, for yourself. And for me, um, you know, you know, I would watch a lot of folks like, I've watched the big fights on the USA and I wanted to be part of that. And I, and I would say when you're successful or if you do something, if you have a dream or a goal, the finance will come with it. So I think if you're good at anything you do, I think along the way, it might take years. That's what I'm saying. Wait, I turned pro 2003. It wasn't until 2010 that I started to make real cash. Mm. So, and then it wasn't in another three years after that until I was with Floyd that I, I made like very big big cash so it's crazy it's, it can't so that's 10 years from when I started so sometimes it's it's not a sprint it's a marathon so you have I for me I didn't really care about the cash like when I turned pro I just wanted to fulfill my dreams and wanted to give my best and um if the money came it came if it didn't come I'll get a job like where I'm done so yeah like it's, it's just what it is but I just think you have to when you're born and I don't, I don't say if you're born poor or whatever it is into hard kind of thing I think it's all within yourself if you want you can keep going round and round and round like your family like your family whatever like you're born into a certain way of life so you can keep repeating that or you can say I don't want that for my kids and I'm going to be why my kids are not going to have the same way of life that I had you know what I mean? So I and I would like to say that I see a lot of my kind of peers, yeah, my kind of peers who a lot of my friends, my family, just guys who I know, they have been that change. So it's nice and even like like girls, it's nice, it's, it's nice to see like my age group and even down, a lot of us are trying to change the circumstances, what we came for from. We are saying we're gonna change the script, we ain't gonna repeat it. Definitely. I think our generation has this sort of drive that maybe our kind of parents' generation didn't have. And I think that all comes down to opportunity, really opportunity and education that yeah. they might not have had back in the day that we have now, because we can yeah. see people for ourselves. We can see people achieving and people who are the same as us, people who are from the same backgrounds, people who are from the same cultures, if you see them achieving, then it's motivational for the younger people to kind of look up to and think, well, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can achieve. As mentioned, there are still some, you know, younger, younger people who are from working class backgrounds who are still being failed today in the education system and beyond. So I know that you do lots of work with the youth yourself. Can you tell us a bit more about what that means to you and what you kind of do with with the kids? Um, yeah, like it means a lot like to me. That's why I'm, I, I, I'm you know, I'm aiming to have my own gym because I know that I know that these kind of gyms, they bring so many together when you make friends and you get fit. And it's like a safe place for kids. A lot of kids nowadays, 
there's not a lot of things like for them to do. So it's easy for them to be out on the street and get involved in crime. So for me, I kind of, um, I've been in their shoes and um, I know I, you know, when I was 18 years old, I always thought like by, like by the time I was like, I was older, I thought I would be dead or in jail. So sometimes you don't have hope that you're going to live long or whatever it is. So you're like, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to have fun now. So for me, it's kind of just to show these kids. And that's, that was kind of the main aim why I wanted to finish my book because when you read the start of my book, you would never believe that someone who had guns around him, guns and drugs and stuff, would go on to do what I've done. So that's kind of why I wanted to finish my book to kind of show show these kids like, yo, like I've been in your circumstance. I've thought the way that you think, but you actually can change your life and whatever it is. I know it's hard, but you can do it. So for me, it's kind of um, just to help them, man. Sometimes, Sometimes it's just there to be there to talk with them or just show them that yo, this is what I've done and I believe that you can that you can do it too, but it's on you. Like no one can help you change your life. Like you have to do it. You have to be the first one to want to change your life. Then others can come in to help you. But it's all up in your mind first. So that's kind of um my like my kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. It is all about mindset for sure. So um I know during, you know, the current times, we're currently going through another lockdown period, which is, you know, de detrimental to mental health mm. for so many people. And I think more than ever, kids are kind of feeling it more because they're used to, you know, socialising with their friends, going out. I can't imagine what it would be like for me now if I was a teenager in a lockdown because knowing how I was like I can't I'm not the kind of person that likes to feel locked in and not out with my friends and um, having fun kind of things so so I know that you're doing some things you know during the lockdown period and you have been um, before in the previous lockdown that we just had so what are the kind of things that you're doing now during the lockdown? Um, well, I've been I've been training kids. Um, I've been training kids, um, and it, it's been for me, it's been fun. I didn't really think when I set out to have this gym, I didn't really want to do the coaching in the gym. But um, I started to do, I started to work with these kids, and it's it's been fun to build relationships with them, to see them improve, and um, just to see them smile. So it kind of helps them when everything is shut where we can like go out and um you know just do some exercise and stuff just chat with them see how they've been how you doing and um it's kind of it's kind of nice man so um for me yeah it's just kind of nice so for me I come from the All Stars gym and I, I I've been there from when I was 8 years old and I know like how much good that these kind of gyms do so hence I want my own gym and um it's just kind of nice to to have that to make kids feel good. Like when we're going through such a, a bad time, like right now where you got to stay inside, you can't see your friends, you can't see your family. To be able to go out and to make connections and to see them smiling and stuff, um, it, it, it's good, man. It's great. So this is what I kind of hope to do for like next year's, like, you know, just kind of build and build and build and build. I want to have more than, I want to have gyms all over the place just to kind of, to help these kids and help everyone, like adults as well. Like we need as well to stimulate our brain. I think when 
when the gyms reopened, everyone was just so glad because they could go to the gym and just let off stress. Like, there's been mm. a lot of stress that just builds up because we're inside. So exercising is so good to just release stress. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And yeah, you're right. Adults do need that as well, especially if, you know, people are working from home and everything is happening in the home and it can then easily become a negative space. So to have that space as well. But while gyms are closed, I guess outside, working out outside is an option as well, even though it's cold, sometimes that can be a motivation for some people you know I don't mind personally if it's a bit you know rainy or cold as long as you know we can do something then that's all that matters so yeah I I completely agree uh with getting the exercise as well for your own kind of mental health with sports like boxing do you think it can be rehabilitative for I was going to say ex-offenders but there's sometimes some problems with this term I believe anyway um let's say ex-incarcerated um you know you've been you've served some time as well so what do you think boxing can do for um people who've maybe you know want to want to change their life around um, so basically, I, I think I think the sport is is so good. If you look at this, so many of us. Look, Anthony AJ has been in jail. He went mm. in jail when he was young, and then he come out. He found the sport, and then he's he's changed his life. Now he's like America star. So um, our sport is has done this so many times, and um, it is a shame that it doesn't get enough praise. Like I think that. It should be in the schools. You got all these kids that are going wild in the schools, and it would, it, you know, I think that the sport would help these kids to tame them because it's an outlet. It, you know, mm-hmm. it's an outlet. It's just not, and it's controlled. It's not you just don't go in there and you swing. So a lot of these clubs they build respect and they teach a lot of these wild kids respect. So they have to calm down and learn how to use like their energy. So um. The sport, the sport is great, and it's there's a lot of us that have come from kind of crazy childhoods that we find this sport, and it, it just helps us, and we just kind of flourish in this sport. So it helps many of our lives. So it, it is a shame that it doesn't get the praise that it deserves. No, absolutely. I'm a believer in though making your own kind of opportunities and and like yeah. your plans with opening the gyms and stuff. You know, that's that's something. That's something big actually, and that's something that could impact you know a lot of people and help a lot of people. So um, I just say you know sometimes even with jobs, if you don't get a job, well, make that opportunity for yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You give yourself a job. Exactly exactly so when the opportunity isn't coming your way okay don't worry about it just find another way make your own way yeah so in your book you spoke about your fight with delvin rodriguez and danny garcia and the fact that nobody in britain believed in you despite everything you had achieved thus far you know we spoke a little bit about that earlier and and the brits like what like a bit deeper into it like what do you think how did that feel what was that like for you I'm at this at that time in my life. It's ten years ago now, so that was more motivation. It just made me want mm. to work hard and to prove them wrong. I didn't really, I didn't really care that they didn't. They wasn't a fan of me, but it kind of it kind of drove me on to prove them wrong. So even when I had these fights, 
I got offered to fight the British champion. That was straight afterwards. afterwards. And that's the only reason why I came back. Because at that time, I didn't care to be British champion because I was world number four. I cared... I cared to um sorry the dog the dog's playing it playing around okay there you go there you go she's got a toy so um so basically I wanted to prove them wrong so the only reason why I came back to the UK was to prove them wrong to become British champion because because this guy who I came back to fight I think he was a two time British champion he as like when I was like when I was an amateur he was the guy as well he was the top the top top guy at the time so when i came back even though i was world number three they thought that this british champion was going to beat me so all my my drive was just to, to prove them wrong so when i did win i i jumped up in the air because i was just so glad that i had you know um achieved my goal so that's that's basically it. i've always gotten more love and respect in the usa i've spent majority of my career there but I've also spent majority of my career there because I didn't get I didn't get it here. So again, as I said at the start, why would you want to be in a place that you don't res- receive the love and respect? You're going to go to where you receive it, and that was in the USA and around the world. Because even when I went on my two year world tour, I went to nine different spots, and wherever I went, they knew who I was and they just showed me love. So it so it was kind of a nice way to kind of sign out on my um career you know i had five years with um floyd and when you box is a very stressful thing and um and especially to be with floyd because you want to you want to make yourself proud but you want to also make him proud as well and you want to make the team proud so for many years before i was with floyd i just cared i just had myself to kind of to clap clap me on the back or whatever it was to mm. clap i only cared about me so I was doing this for me but then when I joined Floyd I had to I wanted to make him proud for giving me a chance and then also the team around because we were like a family to everyone they wanted us we all wanted each other to do well so that was kind of like the first time that I had that you know I mean I went from being on my own on the road to being with this family so um so that was kind of strange and then I've left Mayweather Promotions um to finish my kind of career on a two year like world tour so that's what I done and um yeah it was cool yeah so then you took a fight against Lenny Dawes and the bookies <laughs> had him as favorite to win but then yeah. you thought to yourself I'm not going to be defeated I'm going to show British boxing what they're missing out on so then you did exactly that you said you would and the British promoters started to approach you to yep. sign how did you handle it because I'm not gonna lie I would be holding a grudge a little bit <laughs> you know, towards them for not believing in me from the get-go. Um, that's just the way the sport is. Like we it to me, I view the sport as like a pimp and holes game, and the the promoters are the pimps and we are the holes. So they kind of just <laughs> use, it's true. They use and abuse us. So my <laughs> my my goal is my thing is if I'm gonna get used, you're gonna pay me though. Mm. You're gonna make so that's why with a lot of British promoters, I've never really, because of how my career was at the start, when they've shown me love later in my career, I've always, a lot of times I was, I either say no, or I would raise my fee much more than what they've tried to offer me at the start, mm. because you're going to pay me more 
than what you think I'm worth that, but I think I'm worth this. So you have to prove it or I'm just not going to fight. So that's kind of how it was with them. So Frank Warren, Frank Warren was cool because I had the fight and then I went, he wanted to see me like the very next, next day. Um, I went for the talks with Hearn, with um, Hatton. So with all of like the big promoters that were in the UK at the time, they all wanted to sign me. They all wanted to speak with me. And again, I signed with Hatton, who had um, had a great career. He had, had had some very big, big fights. And I signed with him for 18 months. So then, uh, watch, the first and only time that I signed with a promoter, you don't even treat me good, like, during that whole time. So that was kind of a letdown, because I went to his house, went to his house, he met his family, and he said, actually, that I want to do this and that. And then um, and when it came to it, he didn't he didn't do anything what he said he would do. Mm. So, so, so it's sad that this happens a lot. So anyway, that was a year and a half that I wasted with him. And then that's when, well, basically, it was kind of that. And then I went back to the USA and then I joined Floyd. So, and then Floyd, everything that Floyd said that he would do, he kept to his word. So it, it's a shame. There's some people who don't keep to their word, which Hatton was one of them. And, and Floyd, you know, he kept care to what he said. So, so again, so this, see, so this is how it's weird. You look at the two personas. Floyd gets a lot of bad stick because he flashes his cash and whatever it is. Hatton, because he goes down to the pub and he has a beer with the guys, mm. he kind of loved over here. But when it came to the business side of the sport, he was just like the other promoters that was the pimps and holes. They would just mm. try to use us, which is a shame because he was once in our shoes. So that's why yeah. you would normally sign with someone like that because he's been in our shoes and he knows that we get used and abused. So he said all the right things and then we signed and then he done the opposite. So, but... You know what I mean? That's just how it is. Hence, we got raised by the hood, so it's all in the book. <laughs> exactly. It's so, old. yeah. Some people can walk the walk, but they can't talk the talk, you yeah. know? Or the other way around, should I say. Talk the talk, but can't walk the walk. You know? All mouth, no action. So, I think everything happens for a reason, though. So, you know, if that didn't happen, maybe I you wouldn't, wouldn't have... Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, everything, all of the, the love that I didn't get here, that just pushed me more to the USA and it got me to be with Floyd, which was like great for my um career. Exactly. There you go. So then you were approached by a businessman called Rene yeah. Carriol. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah, he actually believed in you wholeheartedly and it <laughs> felt genuine. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so we met, um, it was just before I was British champion. Um, we went, we used to get our hair cut at the same place. And one day that we was there at the same time and the barber was like, oh yeah, Ashley, he's going to fight. He's going to be British champion soon. And then um, Rene was like, oh, is he any good? Blah, blah, blah. And just off the bat, I kind of, um, I didn't like his energy or I didn't, I didn't really like him. And then um, he said, ah, oh, he's going to buy some ring, ring, ring side. He's going to come and support me. So I was like, cool. I didn't really care because I didn't know the man. <laughs> and then so so he comes, he comes. So he comes, supports me. And then 
he reached out to the barber because he was like, yo, like I actually just won for Sky Sports. They reported that that the British champion lost and not that I won. So he was like, yo, like he wants to um help me with my brand, help one he wants me to get known more. So I was like, cool, I'll go to meet, meet, meet him and stuff. So um, so he wanted to change up my brand. So we met and then he said, Yeah, like work with me for a month if you don't like what i'm going to do you take everything that i've done so far and just leave and then if you want to stay you stay so then we we worked together like for a month he, he changed up my brand and then i then i decided to work with him and i'm um, like we worked together for eight years i think eight years i think it was eight years so we worked together for like eight years he helped me to get with Floyd. He he advised me um, through my British champion days. And then um, we ended um, when, like, during, like, my world tour thing, because he wanted me to concentrate on my gym and I wanted to finish my world tour. But during that time, see, again, as I, as I said earlier, I was doing my thing on my own. So mm. this is a man who sees that I'm doing my thing on my own, but I'm not getting the exposure from the British press. They're not showing me like love over here. So he kind of was like, I want to help you with that. Like, you know what you're doing on the sports side, cool. But I want to help your brand to get more mainstream love. And um, that's when um, I started to be on the biotics. I started to be um, the newspapers, on the trains and stuff like that. So he got me like more out there. But yeah, so it was cool. So he... He kind of helped me. I was still kind of, I don't say I was more, I was kind of hood or ghetto, but he kind of helped my mind to, he helped me to believe in myself more. So even though I was doing great in the sport, he kind of made me believe that I could do anything I really put my mind to. Like he believed in me more than anyone had ever believed in me. So, so yeah, so he probably, I would say in my, whole life like other than me the AK like from all stars he's probably had the most influence on my life mm. so that's crazy like someone who you don't you met you didn't even like him but then he has like the biggest thing on your life like it's you know that's not so again that's what I'm saying sometimes people come into your life they just see what you're doing and they want to help you and like there's many people out there who are like that you know, so it's nice. That's nice, man. It is. And I remember your rebrand and I remember seeing your well, man. it was well, man, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember seeing the, yeah, I remember seeing the posters and stuff on the tube um, and yeah. at the bus stops. So, yeah. yeah, no, he did a lot. He definitely helped you do like a, was it 380? I'm wrong. I'm really rubbish at maths. Is it 360? 180. 180. <laughs> but no, but is what I'm saying. Like sometimes like people see the potential in you and they see what you're doing mm. and they just want you to, they just want to see the best you. Because as he said, he said to me a lot of times, he said he comes from the same kind of area as me. I think he was raised in Hall Alden. But okay. he said, I really can't go to the mandem or go to the schools and tell them, I come from the same area as you and just now because he's used to work. He works with the World Bank. He works with like the Bar Barclays boss. 
Like, I still speak like I'm on road or whatever it is. So he's like, they're more likely, to, even though you've achieved so much, they're more likely to listen to you than they are to listen to me. So his thing was, I want to help you to be the best that you could be because I know that you will go on and then help these other kids who come from the same kind mm. of place as us. And they're more likely to listen to you than they are to me. So, you know, it's all about kind of like this, just helping the next one. You know what I mean? I'm younger than him. He's old enough to be my dad. But it's so it's like for me now to help out the young man them who are on their grind and they need advice or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of good that people think like that. I got help and he once was helped by an older as well. Mm. So he, I mean, he said that he was once helped by someone and the only way that he couldn't repay that man, and and even I say to him, I could never repay you for everything you've done for me. The only way that I could repay you is by helping the ones underneath me. Yeah. There's nothing that I can give you. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing that I can give you that you don't really have. It's that mentorship, but that's what it's all about, really. Like you yeah. said earlier, it's not about the financial gain. I believe yeah. that, you know, the 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 thing that you can leave behind in this world is a legacy and yeah. what you've done and and the things you've achieved to help other people because at the end of the day you know when we're buried we're not going to be buried with all of our cash what are we going to take with us you know so it's about leaving things behind i believe yeah, anyway. yeah 100 percent. one 100 yeah because yeah it's just crazy man so i know you love to travel before yeah. the lockdown, I would see all of your posts of traveling here, traveling there. Like you were always traveling. So, what are some of your favorite destinations that you've traveled to? Um, I would say Costa Rica. So, four years ago, I was in Costa Rica. Like four years ago, like today, I was there like for two weeks. Wow. So, like that. So, I'm getting the little snaps up on my finger coming <laughs> up. So, um, so, Costa Rica was a great trip. Um, what I liked about there so much was like the wildlife. There was just wildlife just all around us. Mm. And um so 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 that was um so good. Um I did like Jamaica. I did like Jamaica, I done a lot of trips in Jamaica. Um it was weird. I wasn't a fan of Dubai, but Dubai I think sometimes it's who you go with. I went to Dubai the first time, it was okay. Then I went with a bunch of my friends and I had a fire there, and then it was more kind of fun. Egypt was um a good trip because I got to see you know um the Sphinx and all 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 of that that kind of the stuff. Ghana was good, um so yeah so that's kind of my favorite thing to do, which is weird because 2018 and 2019 I went to nine countries each year, and um this year I haven't been nowhere, so it's been kind of weird. But I'm planning for next year. I'm planning. Yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hopeful that next year is going to change and we're not going to be on like on this kind of weird kind of thing. So I hope to go away like next year, like a few times. So, but yeah, but that's kind of my thing that I enjoy, like to work hard. If you work hard, you have to have something that you enjoy to let off steam. My thing is to go around the world. So, um, so yeah. And you learn so much as well. You learn yeah, so you much. Do. You do like I think some people it's weird because I know a lot of Americans like they just go state to state from state to state and they never actually go abroad. And um mm. I think that's just and then and it's not 
folks are not able because they don't they don't have no cash. They have cash. They just for whatever thing they just don't leave America, and I find that to be like so sad because um yeah as as you just said you learn so much like I've been in Morocco like wherever you've been to Poland like we are not the same like everyone kind of, we have our own kind of culture thing whatever it is and um mm-hmm. it's just kind of nice to be around the people people and what they do and to try their food if you like it or not i'll still try it like the once and see if it's all right and stuff so um i think that's one of the best things that we can do in this world is go from place to place oh absolutely ashley i agree with you so are there any places on your bucket list that you want to visit after the the restrictions have eased up what about next year have you had any plans of where you might want to go um so right now um three i know the three next places i'm supposed i'm supposed to go to two places in may that is um portugal and to thailand and then in march i'm supposed to go to ghana um i would go like to go to the um, caribbean again so i'm trying to pick a place in the caribbean i'm to go because i haven't been for a few years so i need some heat yeah Need a beach. <laughs> I, it's weird. I like to hike as well now. So, and I and I and I'm due. I have to go back to USA because I haven't seen my friends in a while. So, um, so yeah. So I'll probably do like five trips like next next year because three of them are ready. I think two of them are booked. Yeah, but yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah. So next year I'll be back on my. I'll be back on the plane because this year it was weird though. So at the start of this year. I basically said that I wasn't going to fly. I, was, I had planned to go to the USA, but other than that, I said I'm not going to go away because I want to get my gym done and I want to mm. get my book, book, book. So I said that this is a year that I'm just going to like work on my thing and just grind. But it's when you're told you can't go away, it kind of, you want to go away. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, like, so I wanted to go away and I made plans to go away, but it just kind of, and then in the end, I was like, I don't want to go away when you have to wear your mask and you got to do Ugh. this. And it, it just kind of takes away. So even though I see loads of folks have gone, have gone away and stuff. And then, but yeah, yeah, I'm just like, I'll just take, I'll take a year out this year. Just, yeah, I'll take a year out. But that's what I'm saying. It's weird. I know there's been a lot of death and there's been a lot of us that have lost like our loved ones. But like on a career thing, I've had I've had like a I've progressed my club thing that I'm trying to work on. I've you know I've done well in my book. You know I've I've come to an end of my um career like to box. So for me, um, it's been like a a good year for me like career wise. Yeah, you know what I mean. But you know you got your other stuff as well where you know there's been a lot. Like I lost my grand. Like last month, I lost my granite last month. So, you know, mm. there's been a lot of us that have lost a lot of like the elderly ones, which yeah, is sad, yeah. you know, but it's a part of life, but it's still, still very sad. It is sad. There's always the good with the bad, though, isn't it? Actually, yeah, I just yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. that's how life is, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah, one good thing happened. That, if it wasn't for my grand thing, it would have been a great year, like for me. Yeah. But, but that was the only thing which happened at the end of the year, like in November. Yeah. And that was. You know, she just died. Like it wasn't Corona or anything. She just just died. 
yeah. I'm so sorry to hear about that, Ashley. Yeah. Um, but I know that whatever you do, you know, is is gonna be like for her and the loved ones that yeah. are no longer yes, with us. So it is it. a little like motivation to kind of yeah. Yeah, I wanna I wanna do it for them. So now moving on to my favorite part of the show, which is pets. So can you tell us a bit more about your cute little Yorkshire Terrier Zara? Zara. Well, Zara is right here with <laughs> um yeah, so Zara is cool. She's um she's like a little person, like she's nosy, like she's so no nosy, <laughs> like whatever. That we are doing, she wants to see what we're doing. She wants, she hears noise outside. She wants to know where the noise is coming coming from. So, um, so Zara is a character. Character, you know. Um, she's got no respect. She just walks all <laughs> over you, you know. So, I, but sometimes I just wish to know what's going on, like in her head. Like this, sometimes we'll put her food down, and like she won't eat it. It's like she wants to eat our food. She don't eat mm. her own food, or she's eating her food. She doesn't want to share her food, but she wants to share your food. So she's greedy, ain't it, Zah? You're greedy. You know, and yeah. Is she looking at you right now? Yeah, yeah. She's been guarding me. She's been guarding me. Oh, bless. She's so cute as well. So would you say that she's brought a sense of joy and well-being to your life? And if so, how? Um, I would say yes, because... um, before her, I didn't like dogs. As a kid, I never had no pets. And um, I got bitten by a dog when I was like 14. So I've kind of been scared of dogs. Even if they were small, I didn't trust them. And then my mm. partner, she had a dog, which is Zara. And then we met um, like two and a half years ago. Yeah, like two and a half years ago. So since she's been in my life, like, you know, um, so me, so wherever I go, she wants to sleep next to me. Like wherever I go in the house, she wants to come with me. If I'm eating, she wants to be there. So, so yeah, so she is kind of, I would like her to have, you know, a friend with her as well, you know, a friend, but yeah, that's still debatable. We're still debating on that. But, okay. Um, yeah, but um, Zara, yeah, no, Zara is quite, I never liked dogs in my life, but I do, do love Zara, yeah. Oh, bless. So what is it specifically about dogs? Are there any other animals you would like to get as a pet too? Or is it just dogs that you think you'll get? Um, You know what? When I was young, I used to always like cats. Always used to like cats. Um, Always used to like little cats. But um, but no, I do like little dogs. If I was to get another dog, I wouldn't get big dogs. I like like the little dogs. Like, I don't... (laughs) I like the little dogs. So if I was to have dogs, it would just be like a family of, of loads of little dogs. Because I Aww. just like the way they are and they're cute as well. Like in it, so it's weird because you know there was a time where loads of guys would get these big mean dogs and all of that. But um, I just preferred like the little dogs. Like yeah, I just find them. They're nice and they're loyal. They show you love. They want to make sure that you're okay. So like most they're they're like dogs are the one I am she's made me a fan of dogs now so now I'm not really scared of dogs if I if I see them outside I'm I'm not well little dogs anyway like yeah. I'm not scared of dogs. <laughs> I trust trust them I trust them yeah 
Oh, and I think that dogs also and cats, but pets in general, they give you that little bit of responsibility. Like I find now with like a lot of millennials and like people around our kind of like ages are kind of going to pets before they want to have that commitment of, you know, having a kid. Because I think that with when you have a pet with someone, you can kind of see how yeah. you would be because you know it's a responsibility you have to feed them there's so much you know responsibility when it comes to pets so it's yeah. a little a little taster of you know how 100 it could be. 100% I, I agree with that because when she has to eat at her time she has to eat and certain things she shouldn't eat and do and that so um so yeah she goes to pee or wherever she goes to poo goes mm-hmm. to- Yes, you gotta be yes, you gotta take care of her. So so I guess that you do see if you're with a man and a woman, or, or if you're a girl and girl or boy and boy, you know. Um, yeah, you see how it is, you see how they are, like if you want to take the next step with them, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So does Zara have any funny quirks or habits? I'm sure you've noticed them since being um around her a lot more during the lockdown. Um, quirks like she doesn't like if we go out, so it's like she wants us to stay inside of her all day. Mm. Like, if from when she sees you're putting on a coat to go out, she starts to bark at you and she starts to growl at you. <laughs> and, um, yeah, she's nutty like that. And she's like, she lives for the postman, she knows like every day <laughs> at what time he's going to come, and she just waits for him to ring that bell. <laughs> so she can go, um, yeah, nighty. So, um, yeah, so hence I would love to know what goes on in her brain. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's very, she's very obsessed. Like, she's very obsessed with you. She's on you. She doesn't want no one to come near you. And if they go near you, she will start to bark. So she's ah. very, uh, she's very possessive. Okay. So is she like that with both you and your partner? Um, she's like that. There's like, Four of us that she's like that with. Okay. So partner's mum and then her son. Mm. So if she, you know what I mean. So she's very like that. If she likes you, she would just go with you and then she'll stay with you. But then she doesn't want no one else to come near you. <laughs> so what with you, like don't come near her. I just don't like come near her. So um, so yeah, but yeah, she's a bit. I'm nutty, but yeah, she's. She's cool otherwise. She's, I think I'm her favourite though because she's always with me like majority of the time. Yeah, well, I can see from the photos and also yeah, from the yeah. video call, I know she's sitting next to you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the floor now, lying, lying down. Oh, bless. Yeah. So lastly, if the listeners want to find out more about you, yeah. your book, where can they find mm. everything online? Um. So everything is basically... On my websites, um, that's ashleyfearfane.com or treasureboxingclub.com. And then you got at ashleyfearfane is like my hand, 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 or for Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. So it's perfect. My name, my name on everything. Oh, brilliant. That's easy to remember then. So I'll put that in the show notes for you. And thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat to me today. I really enjoyed it. All right. Very nice of you to have me here. You're welcome, Ashley. All right. right. Well, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
So that was a great conversation with Ashley Fearfane. It was nice to get an insight into the world of boxing. It's an industry that I'm not completely familiar with, but this is why I like to get a wide variety of industry experts in their field who can come on the show and chat with us. You may already be aware, but we're currently collecting votes to be nominated for a Listener's Choice Award with the Podcasting for Business Awards 2021. So please do give us a vote. It takes less than 30 seconds to do. So all you need to do is go onto the internet, visit www.lindsayann, which is spelled L-Y-N-S-A-Y-A-N-N-E.com forward slash P-F-B-A awards. That's P-F-B-A awards. Then enter your name, email address, and the Cat Maste Chronicles as your favourite. Thank you so much for your support. 